All right, John, we're back for another pod. Here to quickly touch on some of our keys and what we're looking at on the K-State side for K-State Baylor. Um, they'll do some men's and women's basketball, but uh, how are you doing on this uh, Wednesday night? Yeah. We're recording this? Like you named it in the uh, in the Zoom link, it was chicken yeah. like after dark. So we're going to fully embrace the after dark. Yeah. Just I like mean, the Mac does with their midweek football games. Yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, why do we need another? Why do we need a West Coast team for the you know the Big Twelve after dark when you've got Shaken Blake after dark? Like, I don't know what Brett Yormack's thinking. We've got all the content anybody could ever need. So exactly, we're 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 going to be <laughs> the money generators for for this conference. Just mark my words. Oh yeah, I mean that fifty million a year. I mean, who do you think's making that fifty million a year? Come on now. <laughs> why would you want to watch Cal and Oregon State when you can watch Blake Crawford and John Grove? Yeah. So, uh custom bowl name somewhere they should have a stadiums at or something yeah like and then the that. instead of like the fiesta bowl or the sugar bowl for the big 12 champion they play in the shake and blake bowl the shake and blake fiesta bowl <laughs> at the opposite yeah. of that's how that sounds really fun oh the man like fiesta bowl that just sounds like that just sounds like a party at that point it really, yeah, it just sounds like an overall good time. This is like, this is some after dark content only. <laughs> like I, I understand there's the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, which would make sense. Like now there's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Would blend it in with the with the Fiesta and all that stuff. But you get a, a name like Shake and Blake. I mean, that's just like, mwah. I mean, like like it's just Chef's so kiss, yeah, because it's a fiesta and you're dancing during fiestas and it just sounds like shake and blake <laughs> i don't know i don't know man we are on a roll today We're before on a roll. man this is this is gonna be the greatest pod ever uh before we get started talking about k-state versus baylor uh saturday night at 6 p.m make sure you follow us on twitter shake and blake 785 leave a review if you're listening on apple podcasts uh, but if you haven't listened to uh, my interview with ashley hodge from sickum 365 make sure to go check that out he was a great interview, really uh, cool guy. He shared some great stories um, about Jerome Tang during his time at Baylor near the end as well. So make sure to check that out. Um, now let's get to this uh, K-State Baylor game, John. Um, this is, I mean, every game is important, right? I feel like we've been saying that every week. Yeah. We thought we'd kind of, you know, after Baylor lost to West Virginia, we're kind of like, well, we have this three-game stretch of you know tcu oklahoma state texas and then our three games aren't as bad but baylor's kind of they're kind of back on the rise um you know dave aranda's got his squad together they've beaten ku they molly whopped uh texas tech and then they've beaten ou in norman um for the second time ever which is pretty impressive um so they're starting to get their act together john this is a really consistent you know dave aranda you know you know he's gonna bring his best stuff um, for that game, Waco on Saturday night. So this is going to be a really important game. Um, you know, this TCU Texas are going to really kind of shape who's going to be playing in Arlington. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all all the things will shake out, and particularly the K State and Baylor game, which is like in all likelihood going to be an elimination game. Uh, since that be since the loser would have their third loss uh, in conference play. Uh, while the other team would be in a little more command, uh, possibly reaching towards the Big 12 championship in Arlington, depending on, on the uh, Texas and TCU game as well. But it, it isn't going to be a tough matchup. Of course, we just we just got word earlier tonight that it was going to be a black blackout, so it makes things a little more difficult 
but it's not n- new to K-State as well. But uh, <laughs> we K-State's had a lot of trouble in Waco for, for the past few years. And, you know, it's going to be kind of the same same kind of uh, Baylor teams that were accustomed to the past. Um, you know, they're just going to have a, a, a the high-quality offensive lines, defensive lines. But I was kind of overhyping during the preseason. Kind of was disappointing this year, but it looks like they're getting right up, right back on track. Of course, you're going to deal with um, Blake Shapin and that high-powered offense as well. So it's just going to be, it's going to be a tough and, and all-around grinding matchup. Yeah, and I mean for Baylor, this is where the rubber really meets the road because I mean to end the season, you've got K State, TCU, and then at Texas. You know yep. the three toughest teams besides you know Baylor in the Big Twelve. So, I mean, if they can win out, then they wholeheartedly deserve to be in Arlington because that is a tough um, little stretch. And it's kind of a shame, John. It feels like K-State and Baylor are kind of being overlooked in the national media. It's just everybody's assuming it's going to be TCU, Texas. I mean, Texas, I think, is favored by like a touchdown against TCU, which just seems weird. I know Josh Pate's model has Texas favored by like 10 and a half. It's just, I mean, just, I mean, I know Texas is all the talent in the world, but I mean, that's just going to be such a weird, that's going to be such a weird game because Texas is just like, there's such choke artists and then TC was the master of the comeback. So um, we'll see if Quinn Ewers can survive that game, given what TC is. Well, I mean, just kind of going to that game real quick. I mean, it's two polar opposites. You got Texas who starts off real hot, real fast. Yeah. TCU does not start off hot and fast. Uh, and then the next thing you know, right after halftime, the 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 script flips, and eventually TCU finds its rhythm, and Texas just loses its luster. They only scored three points uh, in the second half against K State. They were lackluster against Oklahoma State. Pretty much the exact opposite of TCU, but they just keep getting away. They did not. They did not look all that impressive against Texas Tech in the second half either. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens there, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I just rather want to focus on the K State Baylor game, and I wish the 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 um winner of a Texas and TCU game didn't have to play too much of an impact uh, on the K State Baylor game either for yeah. both teams. And it's such a shame that it's pretty much at the same time too, where oh, we yeah. you don't you don't really get to watch each of them separately, um, uh, which is just kind of unfortunate. Um, back to K State Baylor. I mean, we mentioned Baylor's tough schedule. K-State, TCU at Texas. Now for K-State, um, you know, the Big 12's tough, obviously. But after Baylor, you know, you're at West Virginia and KU at home. You know, neither of those teams are, you know, teams to sneeze at. I mean, just ask Baylor about, you know, overlooking West Virginia and what can happen when you do that. But the you would, you know, these are teams that are more middle of the pack to probably the worst team in the Big 12 in West mm-hmm. Virginia. But obviously, you know, the things can still change. But if we can beat Baylor, we've really got, I think, a really solid shot at uh, going to Arlington. But we gotta, you know, we gotta get there, John. So my first question right. to you for this Baylor game is about Adrian Martinez. Obviously, he's our guy, um, unless something happens. Uh, we saw him as kind of more of a passer against Texas, throwing for 329 yards. I believe he only rushed for 52. Um, and you know, he's kind of been recognized as more of this like big running threat as compared to Will Howard. So what kind of, do you think we're going to get more of a passing QB Adrian Martinez, or do you think he's going to be a bigger run threat this game? I think we're getting a, a, a a rushing Martinez in this game. We've seen Baylor. Uh, I think, um, 
Oh, I think Hodge mentioned it uh, on on uh, on the podcast that you were a part of uh, yesterday. But Beva had a tough time dealing with some of the Russian QBs, especially I mean, particularly with Spencer Sanders. I mean, he just found all the gaps in the world, and I, I'm kind of seeing. I, I might be seeing a, a familiar position with Adrian Martinez on top of that. Baylor has a pretty good secondary as well, who will be um, looking to target uh, Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, Cade Warner, uh, so, some of a, some of the uh, wide receivers. And, um, you know, I feel like if, if there's a game to really explode through some of those holes, uh, ba- Baylor will create some of those opportunities for the most part. Yeah, and that kind of gets into one of my kind of big keys for the game is you got to rush for more yards than Baylor because I mm-hmm. think, you know, I mean, Baylor's obviously their run game is crazy with, you know, Quaylen Jones, Craig Williams, who kind of just came out of nowhere last week and rushed for almost 200 yards. And then you got Richard Reese. You know, he had yeah. flu-like symptoms last week. believe he's going to be good to go this week. Uh, I mean, that's going to be tough to stop with all of that. But we, you know, I mean, we've got Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn ourselves. So, I mean, this is going to be, there's probably going to be a lot of rushing guards in this game and whoever can come on top of that is probably going to be um, the ones to win that game. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be which offense is going to generate enough and which defense is able uh, to limit the offense's capability of the rushing game. Um, And I'm not, and I'm not saying that the passing game can, can't be done either, but I, I think from, from hearing a lot of the media and, uh, even some of the coaches during the press conference, they know that that the game is going to be uh, dependent on 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 the rushing attack uh, for both teams. So, and I think for for Baylor, when it came to the thing that uh, pops into my mind for Baylor, they surrendered a total of uh, one thousand one hundred forty four rushing yards, uh, as well as thirteen touchdowns um, on the ground game, and they've allowed twelve touchdowns through the air as well. So. Um, it's not as if Baylor is the best team defensively compared to what we've seen last year. I mean, especially last year, they were just going all out on uh, all out blitzing. Uh, they took out Skylar Thompson. I don't know if we're going to see the same exact um, see see the same exact uh uh. Jeez, I'm I I I lost what I was going to say, but um, see see it's maybe rhythm compared to what we've seen last yeah. year. I mean, Baylor's offense is definitely the reason they're going to win this game. Their defense is not as strong as it was last year. I mean, they've lost, they've lost a lot of dudes to the NFL draft uh, last year. Um, So for my second kind of key, John, maybe this is an overreaction for what happened on uh, last Saturday, but we um, cannot turn the ball over. Um, Even the fact that, you know, I mean, Adrian Martinez had an interception to fumble, but he did fumble two other times. And then, did Malik Knowles fumble? Uh, one of our wide receivers, I think it was Malik Knowles, he fumbled. So, I mean, yeah. we just got to cut that down and take care of the ball because you know Baylor's going to capitalize on that. They lead the Big 12 in interceptions. Um, they're, Blake Shapin can be pretty turnover prone. He has been in the past. He's been a little better about it the last couple of weeks during their um, three-game winning streak. But I think that's another big kind of um, swing point in this game is who can win the turnover battle. And really, from last week's game, it it wasn't really that Baylor won over Oklahoma with its offense. Oklahoma just had some miscues as a miscues as well. Um, so I, I I definitely agree with you as on um, especially from a K State perspective, late late in the game, especially with field vision 
uh, just was not fair for Adrian Martinez, especially when he was in motion. Um, but there was a bunch of Texas defenders right behind him, uh, causing him to fumble not once but twice. So um, field vision, ball control has got to be there. Um, and like we've seen before, limit for turnovers. And Martinez has done a great job of that this year. No, Make no mistake. I mean, only two turnovers compared to – his millions and millions that, that he had at, at Nebraska. Um, but, you, but you pretty much, uh, you pretty much, uh, uh, man, uh, put the you, nail you on much, the head. <laughs> dang it. Uh, yeah, you pretty much mentioned it though. Thanks, it, it, John, you gotta have a, a little to no turnovers, Blake. I, yeah. I hate you so much for that. <laughs> Oh man, we're having fun. All right, let's get um let's get one more key here. Now we've talked about how important the run game is. Uh we don't know how many passing attempts Adrian Martinez is gonna have. I mean, it could only be 20, it could be less than 20, you know, it just depends on how the, the flow of the game. But our wide receivers have produced in the last three games, and I'd really like to see that continue. I mean, Cade Warner in his last three games, 12 receptions, 189 yards four touchdowns in his last three games, which is really impressive. He's just been all over the end zone the last three games. Malik Knowles, 15 receptions, 275 yards. So, I mean, and that's not even including, if you went last four games, you know, he'd had almost 400 yards given his, in the last four games, um, given that performance against Iowa State that I'm not even including. So he's almost at 100 yards per game receiving in his last four games. So, I mean, if he can get another night like that, I mean, I think we're set up in uh, in addition to if we're able to have success in the run game. Um, that's a huge, that's a big recipe for success. And I'm really looking for um, even to get Deuce involved more in the, uh, the wide receiver game as well. I mean, you know, he played really well in the last game against Texas through the air. Um, this is a really diverse offense. And I think, you know, the, the world is kind of our oyster. We can kind of slice up Baylor any way we want if we want to. And I would also um from my from my hat into the ring for Ben Sennett. I mean, he, oh yeah, he's been coming up clutch real lately. I mean, just completely bulldozing his way, making tremendous hurdles. He caught huge passes during the comeback attempt, um, before the fumble recovery, of course, uh, late in the game. But um, in terms of a passing yards, K State's conceded almost two thousand yards, which puts them fifty six in the nation. So that's definitely a potential red flag right there. Um, they also relinquished 367.2 yards per game, which has them 57th. Um, and I don't know, but I would say, I would say also the, the good thing that case, that K-State's also, um, they're also number 19 in, in college football when it comes to uh, the overall defense, just allowing 19.1 points per game. So um Concerned about we've seen a little bit of inconsistency from the quarterback position and some of the wide receivers on on Baylor's team. Uh, K State secondaries, well, it, it's not going to be to a point where it's um, geez, I'm kind of blanking on this team, but it, it's Baylor's wide receivers are good, but it, it is doable for 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 K State to um really bring a lot a lot of heat and 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 really cover a lot of the um, receivers for the most part. Um, but yeah, the wide receiver game, I lean it towards K-State at the moment, but it, it's close. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you gotta, you gotta 
you got to limit the turnovers for the most part. I'd say that's mainly the difference. Baylor could Baylor could cause a few turnovers here and there off from their offense, but uh, I don't know what we're going to have to see more from on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, with no talk on Thornton, Thornton on Baylor anymore, they're a pretty young wide receiving core and they're still trying to get it together. If we don't get an interception over Blake shape I want to be a little disappointed because he's been pretty turnover prone the last um, pretty much the whole season. He's got six interceptions. So I think we could, I mean, given our, you know, the prowess of our um, DBs, I think we could totally get at least a couple picks on them. Um, so John, uh, let's get a score prediction from you before we move on to men's and women's basketball. I think the main difference in this game is all about the running and Martinez and Vaughn. Maybe you get another run or two from uh, from Gittins. I think they're going to exploit Baylor's rush defense. And while it's not going to come easy, Baylor's going to Baylor's going to create a, a a lot of big plays. Um, I just think K State just has a little more fire to them. We've seen them respond before after the TCU game. Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better than I was expecting. As I mean, typically I was not, I would not be feeling as good after a loss, but um, just because it came at possibly the right timing. I know Baylor's uh, has a lot of momentum right now, beating Texas Tech and beating Oklahoma on the road. I don't know. I just feel like this is K State's time to deliver. I think this is their time to to execute, make all the biggest plays, um, just continue to make a reason why they need they, they can make a case uh, for Arlington in December. So with that being said, I think it's close. I'm going to go Cats twenty four to nineteen, but I can push it to twenty eight twenty four. I like twenty four nineteen. I was telling you before we started recording, the funky scores are always good. Um, yeah. You know, because you can always go for the basic score predictions like I always do pretty much. I'm going to go 30 to 23. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. What's the over under for this game, at least on the thing ESPN is 53 and a half. So I'm right there uh, at 53. Um, right. So I guess Vegas um, agrees with me. That's going to be somewhere near there. I'm going 30, 23. That's a lot of field goals. Um, I could see kind of being like a bend, but don't break kind of game where teams are um, getting rushing yards on each other, but they're not able to quite get in the end zone. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. I mean, Baylor's such a physical team. They were so physical last year, um, you know, and got a ton of respect for coach Aranda and everything they do. So it's going to be a great game. Um, mm-hmm. and just a chance for us to make a statement. So, uh, let's take a quick break, John, do some men's and women's basketball. And we're back. We're here to recap men's and women's basketball. Um, they had a double header on Sorry, Monday. It's, and it's chicken bug after dark. My yeah, bad. it's I really after that. dark, um, especially with this daylight savings. Anyways, um, this I mean, before we make any sort of comments, um, you know, I'm aware it's the first game of the season. We played University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. But God damn, this team is so Holy sick. Crap. Oh my oh gosh. Tyke Green is a dog. He oh, he can get up. I mean, Naquan Tomlin had a couple of sick dunks. That I mean, that behind the back pass into From the net Com- Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, this is a sort of like 
just athletic electric team that like uh, we haven't seen in a long time. We haven't seen dunks like that. I mean, what maybe the Dean Wade reverse dunk, you know, is kind of something that comes yeah. to mind, but nothing as explosive of as like the stuff from the athletes um, that we've seen. I mean, you know, K-State wins 93 to 59. Um, you have five and double or uh, six and double figures, excuse me, you know, 41 bench points, just a really impressive performance. You fall off a little bit in the second half, but I'm not too worried about that. Um, just to overall, just, I mean, just this team is so fun to watch. Uh, I mean, I saw, I saw in Kim Palm earlier today, they, uh, the Van, Van Caros or, uh, the Vaqueros, yeah. Vaqueros, yeah. I always thought of him as Van Caros, but I guess Vaqueros. Uh, they're number 332 out of 364 oh. teams in McKimpom. So only eight wins uh, this past year. That's, I mean, you already know what you're going to get there. Um, but you're, you're right. I mean, what, what a night. I mean, I haven't had this much fun at a K State basketball game in, in a long time, just with the way the team played, not really with a result on the court but man i mean k-state won their season opener uh marquis noel naquan tomlin led the team with 14 but i mean they had no shortage of contributors as well they had nine players that scored with six of them reaching double figures in a game that was really over by halftime i mean it was just it was a blowout it, it was absolutely a blowout yeah um, it was over very quickly go ahead <laughs> Go ahead. No, I just, I mean, we made that big run with all those, you know, I and mean, we forced 26 turnovers, John, that is just mm -hmm. absurd. This, I mean, you know, Tang's more of a defensive minded guy, but I mean, you know, if you get Marquise Noel and you got Tyke green, all these lengthy guys, we're going to be a problem defensively. And then, I mean, in the first half, we were so hot from three, I think nine of 16. I mean, you're going to win a lot of games when you're shooting that kind of percentage from three. And really, let's give credit to Marquis Noel. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there, there was a reason why Noel had a perfect night from three-point range. I mean, he squared his shoulders before every attempt, fired away with the perfect form, and one of which he just shot one uh, and turned around like like, the Steph Cur like Steph Curry. And, like, he just made it like it was no problem at all. I mean, he, I mean his progress uh, since the offseason, uh, he's looked really good. Uh, and then on, yeah, I mean, just overall, uh, when the offense is clicking, you gotta watch out, um, especially with the likes of Tyke Green just getting really physical in the paint, as well as Naquan Tomlin, Keontae Johnson delivered on some on some three pointers. I'm really happy for Keontae Johnson. Yes, as um, uh, making his first three uh, for the first time since 2020, and in an in an actual game like the division like Washburn. That doesn't count. Like, like it was a real, it was an actual Division One game uh, tonight. But um, uh, I think possibly the only issues are are the endurance. I think K State's kind of, I think for the most part, K State can kind of get sluggish late in the first half. Um, some sometimes uh through the second half, but nonetheless, um, when the offense has all the momentum in the world, they can just they can just ball out and and just take you out from any from any corner, any angle, uh, any given moment. Yeah, I mean, the pace of play we start out with is just so, I mean, it's controlled chaos. It is so fast. It's really fun to watch. But to your point, John, I mean, maybe we should kind of maybe dial that back a little bit 
so we can have a more consistent energy expenditure throughout the half so that we're not totally burnt out the last five minutes. And then on top of, uh, I mean, even Jerome Tang mentioned it in his press conference, like the mo- the only meaningful min- I mean, minutes that he had that K-State had was 17, like only 17 out of 40 minutes. Uh, those were like the, the only good quality basketball he saw from the team last night. So you, so he knows that the best is still yet to come. Um, and man, I mean, let me just tell you, you know, you know, like all the concerns that we had with the likes of just Nigel Pack and Mark Smith um, playing well for K-State, like just having those two play and then have to depend on someone like a Luke Kazupki hitting a three or Marquise Noel, last year's Marquise Noel hitting a three, <laughs> uh, just to, just to save it as a, I, I don't know, but, but death is Miguel. Oh my gosh. Selton Miguel. Yep. I mean, but man. I mean, it just felt it, it feels good not only to have some some presence beyond just two players, but you also got players uh, uh, beyond that that can just provide a massive, um, just a massive valuable product onto the court. Um, Bayami Iziola led all re- reserves with 12 points. Uh, he, he then was followed by 10, uh, 10 points from Ish Masood and Desi Sills. Um, they just continue to get solid production off their bench. Uh, and um, they just play as hard as they want on defense without fear or bringing subpar players onto the court as replacements. And and here's the thing. Have we seen this for two two games already? They're actually finishing in the paint, <laughs> dominating the boards. I mean, I haven't seen this in a long time. The, the, only, the only, like, serviceable uh, – post man that we had under the Bruce Webb era for like the past five to six years was maybe McCall May Wayne, but you would have to probably go all the way back to maybe Thomas Gibson. Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna say. Of all players. Uh but man, I mean it just they looked explosive. Everybody else looked explosive. It's just when that war right moment clicks. Uh I mean with the Taiki Green Green Dunk it just looks as if all the momentum is shifting for K-State and they just, they look unstoppable at times. Yeah. Let's talk about the starting five a little bit. Cause it did change. Um, we're still going with our Marquise Noel, Cam Carter, Keontae Johnson um, kind of uh, backcourt, but we did have a change in the front court with Naquan Tomlin and David Gasson getting the start, um, which I think it was just, you know, it's just, they're playing better in practice. He's not afraid to make those changes. It'll probably make them, you know, often, uh, we could see a lot of different combinations in starting lineups. There's a lot of experimentation to be had. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll probably see a start different starting lineup when they play Cal on Friday, which should be an interesting test. Um, you mentioned Abayami Igiola. I want to talk about him a little bit. I mean, he was perfect from the field, uh, five of five. And I mean, he, he was, he had some touch on his shots. He was making some kind of stuff a little farther away from the paint. Um, we talked about, he's a, he's a good free throw shooter, which is really what you like in a big man. But I think he could do some really cool stuff outside the paint, maybe making some jumpers. I think he'll be a real um, key going on later in the season. He's added on some muscle. He'll be um, a really reliable big man on defense as well. And I think you can make the same case with with some of the other uh, bigs on the team. But Abayami uh, Ijiyoli, just yeah, you mentioned it. He has, but he has, but he has just the right tip on his, uh, just like the right moment to release the ball. Um, it, it it looked pretty fluid for the most part. 
Um, I mean, he just overall showed some impressive skills. Like I said, 12 points on five for five shooting off a bench. I mean, that you could have probably asked for a better performance, uh, first performance from him uh, in a Division One game as uh, wearing the purple and white. You know, if we had some like next gen or some sort of advanced stats, I would love to see the number of passes we make per game. You know, even just in the one game against um this our our, our first game we've had this season compared to what we averaged last year, because it just feels like we're passing the ball way more. We've got this motion offense. It seems even early on in the season pretty fluid. Guys are spacing really well, and compared to the ten years you know la- um with Weber. Work just, I mean, I was just so sick of just like we're one high screen pick and roll. Oh no, they it didn't work. Well, let's just dribble it back out and try it again. And I feel like this is just a, something that we we haven't seen in a while. But you know, I I, I don't want to be too overreactive, but it's just, I mean, we're kind of in the honeymoon phase, and I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> the honeymoon phase, I I like it. <laughs> um, but but you got a point point this out as well Jerome Tang he built his roster to fit with Baylor's mold with lots of tall athletic basketball players who zoom up and down the court I I heard this on on the game earlier today it's like a it's like a mini Baylor um just like a like a mini Baylor who's still trying to develop and and settle get things more settled on the court it it already seems like you can count on KC to bring it bring in those areas every single night but it's much much less uncertain when it comes to scoring and and really I, I I think you're right I'm not trying to overreact but um what but with how exciting this team looks early on I mean I I I, I, I had nothing else really to say just except for how excited I am not I mean not just for the team uh but the crowd as well like oh my gosh I mean that's the first time I've seen the students sold out uh, a basketball I mean a, a non-conference basketball game in a long long time I mean it and and the last time really is the KU games during every year in the Bruce Weber era but and saying a lot when you're when it's the first game of the season against UTRGV out of a out of a whack um it's clear that Tang already won the students and they showed up in big numbers. Uh, there were plenty of empty seats in the arena. The freaking alumni. Uh, what What are you going to do? I mean, it's um, a Monday night. I mean, at 8 Monday PM, night too, you know. Yeah, I mean. it's I can kind more, of excuse it. It's the first game of the season, but I think it was a still a really good turnout. Um, and I'm, I mean, once conference play starts, I'm expecting a lot of sellout crowds. And, he, and even with the crowd starting to fill up, the more exciting plays you're able to generate and the, more, uh, be, and the better results you're able to rack up uh, early on in non-conference play, uh, you're going to get a lot of seats in Bramage. I think I, I do recall uh, Scott Wildcat on Twitter, he mentioned that there are now uh, fewer than 150 tickets remaining for the Wichita State game, uh, which I, I also is a little bit weird because – if K-State does make it to Arlington, if K-State football does make it to Arlington, uh, you're going to have a lot of split decisions uh, on that on that day. So, um, no, nonetheless, though, I mean, it's great seeing uh, – it's great seeing uh, Jerome Tang squad on the court. Uh, just bring it all they got on day one. Um, really happy for the team. Really happy for the students as well. Um, just a lot of forward momentum with this basketball program.
Yeah, let's talk about what they got next before we move on to women's basketball. Um, they're going to at Cal, um, heading to Berkeley. The Hosp Pavilion should be a good time, especially considering you know it's a packed, it's a Power Five team, it's a Pac-12 team on the road. It'll still be tough, but this is a Cal team that just lost 75-65 to UC Davis. Um, and <laughs> I mean this Cal team is just quite frankly, uh, not very good. Um, I really hope, I mean, I hope this doesn't age terribly, but we should beat them. I expect us to beat them. They shot 38% from the field against UC Davis. They lost a rebound battle. I mean, just, you know, lost the turnover battle. I, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I think we should play really well against this team and put on, put on a good show. Nothing. The Pac-12 speak- network. I, 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 I can, I can only look up stats. Uh, Nothing speaks more louder than to see the flagship school known as the Use University of California at Davis, uh, just curve stop the University of California at Berkeley. Surely that, that that's just another charter school uh, in the Bay Area, but um, not seeing a whole lot of production from Cal, like you mentioned. Um, but the rebound battle, uh, they they lost. I mean, UC Davis. Uh, they, they uh, shot 42.9% from three. Cal only shot uh, nearly 30% from three as well. Not not too many good numbers. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, well, actually, the free throws isn't too bad now that I look at it. Um, but the field goal shooting was 24 of 63 ain't going to get it done uh, if you're California. So um, it's interesting, especially especially – when you're in your second game of the uh, season, you're playing at a Power Five team, and it's a and it's a far trip as well. Berkeley is Berkeley's nowhere near to the uh, friendly confines of either SEC country, Big Ten country, yada yada yada. Like you're going all the way out there just for one basketball game, and the next thing you know, the week after that, you're going to be over in the Cayman Islands, <laughs> yeah, uh, playing some basketball. So you you're kind of making your way all around the all, all around the place. I'm gonna start saying Cayman like that, the KMAN Islands. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I, ju- I thought I just said Cayman. Oh, well, I it's like yeah. I don't know. It's not like quite like I don't know. I don't know if you're supposed. I don't know how it, it doesn't really matter how you say it, but I usually put like less like Cayman instead of like Cayman. I don't know. Anyway, um, I guess that, yeah, yeah. I guess that does. I feel yeah, like that's how yeah. I've heard it called colloquially. But anyway. It's, um, it's the Kansas accent that's getting to Yeah, me. it's the K-Man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> K-State's got a home game against Kansas City, uh, the Ruse, um, on Thursday, November 17th, in a doubleheader with women's basketball, who will be playing a very tough Iowa team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should definitely be interesting. Before they head to the K-Man Islands, they play Rhode Island. Nevada or Tulane. Speaking of the women's basketball team, let's talk about them a little bit and what they did. Um, they opened up their season against Central Arkansas. Again, we beat the crap out of them last year. They just came back wanting more. Um, but we gave it to them, beating them 83 to 43. Um, Gabby Gregory obviously is going to be a very key piece of this team, Oklahoma transfer. She shot it really well. Seven of 11, 19 points. Um, you know, the Glenn twins played well. Um, I think big picture, John, obviously it's good to get a 40 point win. I think it's just, it's kind of the same problem we had last year. I just feel like, you know, besides Gabby Gregory, the Glenn twins, and then Serena Sundell, who's not a huge scoring threat. I think she's a good facilitator. She can run the offense, 
But yeah. I just I worry when things get tough, we need somebody to step up. And, you know, especially if, you know, one of them's not having a good night. I don't know if we have enough scoring to really keep up with these really good Big 12 teams. And I and I know out on top of that, uh, Gregory's 19 points in our K-State debut are the most in a Wildcat debut since Kaylee Page Carter 21 points uh, back in 2015 at Tulsa. But nonetheless, it, just not too much uh, – fluidity on offense uh maybe the offense does go a little bit quicker um with without the presence of Ayoka Lee but um it, it does kind of seem that way you're you're relying on two or three players it is not besides those guys I mean besides those girls if they're not going to have the true identity on that night the, but they could be in they could be in trouble for some of these matchups and um you know you're going to play at Wisconsin and you're going to play Iowa but, I mean but, a lot of teams were expecting for Aoka Lee to play this year, which is why K-State has a little more of a difficult slate. Um, but, you know, they're going to just have to dig deep, um, just really um, really get a little more consistency from the offensive side of a ball. Uh, saw a little bit saw a little bit about more against Central Arkansas than we saw in the past two exhibition games. Um, oh, by the way, shout-out to Jeff Mitty, securing his 600th win uh, in his coaching career. So, um, it was a big, uh, big achievement, uh, for his sakes. Um, but, a, but a big win, um, uh, but a big win nonetheless for K-State. I mean, just starting the season off with a bang. Uh, and next thing you know, you're going to head to Milwaukee, uh, playing Wisconsin on a baseball field. I believe it's the first base, uh, first women's basketball game being played at a baseball, at a baseball stadium. So I think that that's pretty cool. That is something else. Yeah, that'll be cool. We'll have to, I'm going to have to call out the, um, the SID for women's basketball because on the schedule, it says versus Wisconsin. We're playing Wisconsin on the road. How well, could no, they? Well, Wisconsin's in Madison. They're, they're playing in. Oh, Milwaukee. so it's a neutral site. Technically. Is that it, why? It, it, okay. It's like okay. when K-State play, it's like when the men's team plays against like teams in Kansas city or Wichita for their. So, okay. classics or okay. something. Like I see that. what they do. Okay. Well, never mind. I'm the I, I'm the one who looks stupid now. Anyway, okay. we, we all look stupid at times. Um, listen, when you talk this much, it's it's bound to happen many, 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 many times. You've anyway, been, you've been talking a lot this week, my guy. Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, we're uh gonna play Wisconsin. I'm not sure how good they are, the women's basketball team is, but I know Iowa's team is freaking dang good. They're mm -hmm. I think they're fourth in the country. Um, they're playing after men's basketball in that doubleheader, November 17th on Thursday in Bramlage. Make sure to check it and make sure to be there, um, for both games. Um, but it's going to be tough. They're going to be tested for sure. It's this Iowa Hawkeyes women's basketball team, but I'm sure it'll be a good learning moment. And then you get a couple games, you know, UTRGV, Utah tech, both at home. Um, they actually play, wow. They play three games in four days. Dang, that is tough. Well, I mean, on top of on top of that, um, you're also uh, you're also getting Caitlin Clark, one of the top players on uh in women's basketball right now, uh, in Bramlage as well. Uh, just pointing that out there as well. But uh, looking at Wisconsin last year, uh, I wasn't. It doesn't look all that impressive. Let me let me put. Oh yeah, no, they were eight and twenty one overall. Oof, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We. <laughs> so it's like a cow kind of situation. Lost okay. to oh geez, uh, man. Lost <laughs> to NJIT. 
uh lost to Bradley. Oh, this is oh yeah. Wait, they what's lost a, to, what's they NJIT? Lost okay, wow. New, Jer- New Jersey Institute of Technology. The Highlanders. That's right. They lost to Chicago State last year. Chicago State. Man, they're I'm looking into, they're independent for basketball. Okay, now I'm looking see now we're totally off track because now I'm looking at notable alumni for NJIT. I have no clue who these any of these people are. Their most famous person, what did he do? He's an American telecommunications engineer, worked for <laughs> Bell Laboratories. Yeah, good for you, Gerald J. Foschini. Yeah, whatever, Wait, dude. <laughs> Chicago Chicago State is so bad and so poorly funded to the point where no conference wants them. <laughs> and the women's basketball team last year came into Madison and beat Wisconsin. Oh my gosh! I mean, and then they lost to uh, their their uh, charter school in Wisconsin Milwaukee uh, last year as well. I mean, it was just a that's a, oh they lost to Green Bay too. <laughs> okay well suffice to say john we should beat wisconsin in milwaukee at american family field before we get uh get a tougher test against iowa so any anything less than a win over wisconsin and we're gonna blame it on the field conditions just like we did against the tcu uh in the tcu football game yeah de- definitely yeah we'll we'll have our excuse lined up and ready. So, uh, if you can, I don't know if you've got the Big Ten Network, then try uh, to check that out, or or just listen to um, Brian Smoller on the K State Sports Network. Big uh, Ten Network. I mean, there's more people able to get the Big Ten Network than they are that crappy, uh, crap show known as the Pac-12 Network. But uh, yeah, at least the Big Ten makes some money. Yep. All the Pac-12 does is. Get those West Coast viewers and nobody else. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's working out very well for them. Yep. Very well for them. So I mean our Sunday oh my gosh, that was interesting. Um <laughs> we're having a lot of fun here. So this our Sunday, our Monday recap is going to be very interesting because uh, a lot is going to be decided. Um we'll have a lot to talk about, you know, with all three winter or you know, football, men's and women's basketball all playing Friday and Saturday. Um, so our moods will definitely be highly affected by um, both of these. Um, I haven't even talked about this, John. I mean, the reason we're doing this um, on a Wednesday night and posting it Thursday instead of doing our, <clears throat> our usual, you know, just doing it on Friday. Well, I won't be. I'm going home this weekend. And, John, you're doing a little show. You're doing your own show. So <sighs> it's going to be shake and bake without the Blake. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was about to call up a friend. His name was Jake. It would have been Shake and Bake with John and Jake. He couldn't make it, uh, so oh, I'm just gonna call it so Shake perfect. and Bake. Shake and Bake with John and without Blake. Yeah, uh, the, it can, still rhymes. Or if I can find, or if I can find someone that that rhymes with ache or something. Well, uh, well besides we'll, Jake, I don't know Jake. Jake Blake. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Cake, you know. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, make sure to listen to the live show on Friday. Um, it'll still be a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, John, let's go ahead and get out of here before we start um, on any sort of random weird tangent. So uh, cast by ninety, cast by ninety. Emo, emo.